Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports on Saturday here on ESPN 700. For the next two hours, we will cover everything from the Utes, Cougars, RSL, and the Jazz to anything happening on the national stage. This is Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Trevor Allen and John LaFollette on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Welcome on into Sports Saturday on ESPN 700. It is a terrific Saturday morning. Beautiful weather outside. Dan Cutler and I are in studio. Lauren Mason is behind the glass. Trevor Allen is in Wisconsin. He abandoned us for the day, Dan. And uh, But we'll still be hearing from Trevor. Big NBA fan. Uh, we have the NBA Finals to talk about. Kind of. Game 1 was was awful. 113-91. to 91. It was uh, underwhelming, to say the least. Everybody was healthy. The Warriors ran the Cavaliers out of the building. We'll talk about that a lot today. Um, we got an RSL game later on today. Hopefully it goes better than Wednesday's game. That was a disaster for RSL. Mike Pecky was not very happy after the game, to say the least. Maybe we'll play some cuts from him later on, but ugh, yikes. Not, not the most exciting sports week so far, but RSL plays tonight. NBA Finals Game 2. Uh, coming up soon, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Lauren Mace behind the glass. How are you doing, Dan? I don't know where Dan went. He was in here. And then <laughs> Dan ran off to take care of a listener's prize. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm great. I'm very excited about today. Lots of soccer, which is my favorite. So I'm stoked. We have RSL at Houston. We have USA versus Dallas. Or sorry, yes, Dallas. I was the Houston game corrected. was the bad one. Yes. Well. I'm going to, it's probably both going to be bad. Um, <laughs> USA versus Venezuela at Rio Tinto Stadium. Go to that, everybody, please. It's it's going to be so fun. The U.S. games are always a blast. And when is that? That's at 8 o'clock. And Champions League final today, Juventus versus Real Madrid. If you are not a soccer fan, but you kind of like want to get into it, that is the game to watch. It's at 1245 on Fox Channel 13. Watch it. So why is it the biggest game to watch? Or why is it, a, if I want to get in soccer, which I'm kind of on the fence still, I like watching RSL. I like watching the USA. I don't really care to watch anything else. I think a lot of our listeners like that. Why watch that one? It is next to the World Cup, probably one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Um, the World Cup obviously is huge. It's a ton of fun. Those are country or national teams. Um Champions League is club teams. So Real Madrid, obviously very a very famous Spanish club, um, versus Juventus, probably the most famous Italian club. Um, both teams are very good this year. It should be a great final. I am wearing my Real Madrid-Ronaldo jersey today. I will be watching the game when it starts. I'm so excited. But it, it's just, if you want to watch great soccer, this is the game to watch. And it happens every year. So is uh, Ronaldo or Messi better? Um, I am a Ronaldo fan who is not going to act like Messi isn't amazing because he is ridiculous. He really is. Um, I go with Ronaldo on that for numerous reasons, but I will acknowledge Messi and Barcelona's ridiculous good everything. It's all enough. Yeah. Um, Dan Cutler in studio now. Yeah, I made it. I made it multiple uh, uh, multiple duties here this morning. That's right. We had a listener who uh, who lives far away. He wasn't able to. He's usually not able to pick up uh, prizes that he won um, during the week. So I made an exception and gave him his prize this morning because he was in Salt Lake. That's because you have a good heart, Dan. I try my best more than I have. <laughs> um, Trevor Allen 
Not in the captain's seat today. No one's in the captain's seat. No, it's empty. I'm in my normal spot on mic three. You're in the normal spot on mic five. Yep, I like mic five. No one is uh, manning our in-studio board. Nope. The guy who usually does that is on the line, Trevor Allen in Wisconsin, probably matching down some cheese right now, visiting some family. Trevor, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, it, 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 it kind of seems a little weird that you guys are not sitting in the captain's chair. Is that to honor me for being gone? Or, no. I mean, I'm kind of wondering what, what's going on here. No, I just like my seat. I like my seat as well. We'll, we'll go with uh, honoring you. By the way, not in Wisconsin yet. I forgot he's uh, in a layover right now. Denver? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Denver, Colorado right now. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm about to go stop by a Denver Broncos store. Do you guys want anything? No. Why? Uh, I mean, you guys want anything? I do need some extra toilet paper, so maybe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I love it. Welcome. Uh, I, I think I might just hang up. Hang up now. I don't know. Feel free. <laughs> no, it's nothing. Oh, no, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm boarding here in about 30 minutes, and I will be heading up to Cheese Land. Um, and yeah, just, uh, hanging out right now in the airport, trying to drain some energy out, out of my son before we hit on a two and a half hour flight. <laughs> the, uh, the right parenting way. How long did it take you to learn to, to do that? Um, not very long, to be honest with you. Uh, cause now he, he's at that age where he can, he's running around all the time and his energy is nonstop and I can't keep up with him. And it didn't help that he, he, he thought it would be cool to wake up at 3 in the morning, even though we didn't need to be up until 4.30 for a <laughs> flight. So. And I didn't go to bed till midnight. If you're new to Sports yeah, yeah. Saturday, this is kind of an inside joke of the show that you are now in on every time Trevor starts to talk. For a while, uh, when Dan Cutler is producing the show, he played this to interrupt Trevor, and it was hilarious. <laughs> well, and it, it got it. under his nerves. Lauren is now catching on as, and doing that. As it is now. As it is now. <laughs> Dan passed the, tor- That's the torch. That's right. I so you are now it. all Lauren, on the inside joke on, of Sports Saturday. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Wumba interrupting <laughs> Trevor's takes since 2016. Um, Trevor, what the heck happened on Thursday night? Game one of the NBA Finals. That was boring. Tell me why I should be watching the rest of this series. Well, I mean, the, the only thing that, that truly sucked about it is that you, everyone was so pumped. Everyone knew that the matchup was going to be six days ahead of time. We were all waiting almost the whole week for finally to have some NBA basketball, not only be NBA basketball, but the NBA finals, you know, the rematch, the you know, trilogy, trying to figure out who's going to win the, the, this best of three NBA finals uh, out, of, out of the three years. And, yeah, it kind of just laid, laid a dud, but it also goes to show how good Golden State is, but... Keep in mind, game two is always the most important game, John, because you kind of don't know, especially in, in, in uh, the uh, NBA Finals, you don't really know of what to expect because you only play teams from, from, from the other conference twice. And Cleveland didn't have J.R. Smith either of those times. Well, they didn't have and, him in game one either. He was awful. Well, and yeah, and you know, a lot of guys were, I mean, John, you, you end up turning the ball over 20 times, and your best player ha- has six of those uh, turnovers in the, the uh, first half and you're and you're only down by eight i mean there there's something going on here but then golden state finally started to go back to the, the fundamentals and that's actually making layups and um but you got you guys know this in 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 sports whenever you're in a series game two is always the most important game because you now have film to go off of Cleveland's going to be diving hard into that film if they haven't already. They're going to be, uh, you know, digging deep into it because now they, they've had two days off before games. And now they're, you know, waiting, seeing what's going on, and then now they're able to make adjustments going into game two. And now the, the question is, can Golden State keep, keep, that, uh, keep their, you know, offense going? Because we all know Kevin Durant is a beast to guard. And Cleveland was horrible on, on defense anyway. They weren't very aggressive, and, and they weren't very sound as far as uh, playing defense on Thursday night. Do you think that Golden State could ever shoot poorly enough to lose a game in this series? I just like I don't think that it's possible. I really think that they would have to shoot under like 40% as a team in order to lose to the Cavaliers. But they have so many good shooters, that's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. They're just too they're too good. You can't stop them. There's too many weapons. Do you well, think it's possible? And, you know, that, it, it is, but, 
But the thing is, is that which guy needs to have a bad shooting night? Because you'd rather have a guy like Clay Thompson have, have a really bad shooting night, but you don't, you can't have Kevin Durant go off because he can do so many things. That's you know, Clay, Clay, Clay Thompson's kind of a, he's definitely a lot better than JJ Reddick, but he, he's more of that uh, spot up shooter, right? Jazz shut hit the, the Jazz shut him down in that first round to where he couldn't do anything. But see, Clay Thompson didn't have a good game. Neither did Draymond Green. And, but then Curry had 28, Durant had 38, and still won by, by a 22 points. It's just the way that, that, Cleveland's, or, uh, that, that Golden State's built. I actually think it is possible, but you can't have all three shooters having one bad night. It, 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 I mean, if, if you look at the law of averages, it's just not possible. Uh, I, I'm not convinced the Cavaliers are going to win more than one game in this series. I I could see them sneaking out one in Cleveland and making everybody excited and like, oh, is they going to have a comeback again? But as good as LeBron is, we can call him effectively effectively neutralized by Kevin Durant on the other side. It, at least it's close. And then the Warriors just blow the Cavaliers out of the water talent-wise. Uh, the Cavaliers have Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and a whole bunch of guys that didn't show up the other night. The Warriors guys all showed up. They all played well, and I think more importantly than offensively, they played really well defensively, closing out Cav- the Cavaliers every time they got a chance. I don't know. I, I, did, I don't think the Cavaliers really have a shot in this series. Well, and, you know, to, to kind of go on that, John, e- even if they end up having a really bad shooting night, Golden State had only four turnovers the whole game on Thursday. That's a turnover a quarter. And only and that and that actually ties the, the most uh, or the, the least amount of turnovers in an NBA Finals game. It ties with San Antonio, I think, back in 2011. I, I, again, I'm, I'm I'm running only on like three hours of sleep, and I don't I don't have my laptop out. But and then I I believe the uh, Pistons was, was the other NBA Finals team to only have four turnovers in a game. That is absolutely crazy. But you guys have also got to look at it. Kyrie Irving doesn't play defense, and he's having to guard either Clay Thompson or Stephen Curry. It's like kind of like pick your poison, pick your funeral for, for Kyrie Irving. But he's so good offensively, you can't take him out of the game. But can Darren Williams guard uh, Stephen Curry or, or uh, Clay Thompson? The answer is probably not, especially at, at this time in Darren's career, 12 years in the league, and he, he's slowing down because of his injuries and everything. I just think that Cleveland, Cleveland can score. We all know this, guys. They're really good as far as shooting, shooting the ball from, from a downtown James, Smith, Irving, Love. They can all shoot it. But can they defend the Warriors? Because that has been everyone's problem playing Golden State is that they have not been able to defend or even be aggressive with them. It, I mean, it, it even takes just a simple bump off, you know, trying, trying to force a little contact just to wear them out throughout the whole game. They're not doing that. And you, got, you guys even saw that. Kevin Durant, I think, had three straight dunks going straight down the lane because Cleveland thought that it would actually be wiser to close out on, on, onto the perimeters, you know, for the drawn kick, but there was no one to guard the paint. You've got to find your priorities defensively, and and first things first, you guys have got to guard the paint. Yeah, I I just don't think the Cavaliers have it in them defensively. You need to play excellent defense while playing good offense. I don't think the Cavaliers have that in them. Uh, and don't forget, last year the Cavaliers went down three one pretty quickly, and then Draymond Green went down, and that's. Largely, what brought the Cavaliers back in the series—they got some momentum, but they were down three-one at some point. Well, I mean, if, if it actually wasn't for Draymond Green, you know, doing that uh, kick in the manhood and, and and missing Game Five, Golden State would have probably won their their second straight title. To be yeah. honest with you guys, yeah, because Draymond Green is is a is a big factor. He's not really much of a scorer, but he he has such an impact on the game elsewhere. He's able to pass. He's able to rebound. He's able to play great defense. I mean, he's in line, if not going to be the, the, the defensive player of the year. He's going to be a close second to either Kawhi Leonard or Rudy Gobert. But it's just Golden State can do so many things so well, and a lot of it's offense, but you've got to stop transition. I mean, you guys ended up seeing it in that, in that jazz series with uh, Golden State. Quinn Snyder said, we've got to stop the fast breaks. We've got to keep them from running. We've got to slow them down. And – you know, you're, you're only able to slow up the pace so much, but you've got to get rebounds, and you've also got to get back on defense, and you've got to, you know, communicate with one another so guys aren't getting lost. That was, that was really the main issue, is that they're getting out and running, 
And, you know, Quinn, Quinn did a, a really smart thing. He, he was telling some of those guys, just foul him. As long as, as, long as it isn't a, a clear pass foul, foul him. Yeah. Well, I'm giving up on the Cavaliers already. Obviously, Tyron Luke can't. The Cavaliers win game two or three or four if what? And don't tell me lucky because I know that's going to be involved, so we're just going to put that aside. Should we use a, a word from a Mike, Mike Pecky, and that is pray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, I mean, Cleveland can do it. It's just you can't. I mean, you, you guys saw it. They were in it that whole first half. The minute that they got out of the third quarter, and I think I overheard somebody, I think it was on the, the national broadcast on, on a, you know, I, w- I was listening last night when we were on a ESPN radio, and they're actually saying how Golden State is the most efficient team in, in the, the third, third quarter in the NBA, which you guys know how, how, how difficult it can be to come out of the locker room. I mean, so, you know, teams either come out motivated or teams come out, you know, sluggish coming coming out of the locker room and Golden State could do that and, and Golden State isn't that they're, they're not sluggish they, they come out motivated they're pumped up but they also have a lot of superstars but Cleveland Cleveland can definitely win some games I I'm not counting them out John because they were actually down two nothing last year in this series and I just something tells me that we're going to see a different Cavaliers team that puts more of, of an emphasis on defense it may take another game for that to happen but I actually see them winning both games in Cleveland. Whoa. I actually have them going two two coming back to Oakland. Huh. Probably, probably probably not going to win tomorrow, so it's probably going to be two nothing going back to uh, Cleveland. But you know, when when you have the smartest players in the NBA, and and you also got the best player on your team, all you need is just guys to step up. You need Kyrie Irving to show up just like he did. You need Kevin Love to wake up and you know sm- smell the roses because Kevin Love was phenomenal in in the, the first three rounds of the NBA playoffs, and he laid an egg against Golden State. And you can't tell me it's Draymond Green or you know Kevin Durant guarding him. Kevin Love can score in many different ways, but King James needs help. Plain and simple. We we all saw two years ago when Golden State won won, won the NBA title. James had to do it by himself because Kyrie Irving was hurt and Kevin Love sucked. And you had a guy named Matthew Dellavedova as your starting point guard. You're not going to win a title ever having him as your starting point guard. But he, he, he still had to do it on his own. He did everything he could. He just ran out of gas. So, but now these guys are built. They're also a deeper bench. Darren Williams and Kyle Korver have got to step up. Kyle Korver had three wide-open threes in that, in, in that game. Had he end up hitting two out of three of those, we're probably not – I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's it, – I mean, you know – Things change as far as the, the flow of the game. And Kyle Korver could have changed that, and he didn't. Yeah, just to go off your last point there, comparing the benches, just looking at the Cavaliers, I'll call it the bench, even though a couple of them are starters. Tristan Thompson, goose egg in 22 minutes. J.R. Smith, yep. 28 minutes, 3 points. Darren Williams, 19 minutes, 0 points. Iman Shumpert, 17 minutes, 5 points. Kyle Korver, like you mentioned, 20 minutes, nothing. That's awful. You, you wow. need more than that. Yeah, you well, just. And you, oh, so, sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. I mean, yeah, you just cannot have your role players not contribute. The other issue we brought it up is that Golden State only had four turnovers, but Cleveland turned the ball over 20 times. That's 16 extra possessions that uh, Golden State got. They actually shot the ball 20 more times than Caval- than the Cavaliers did. When you're getting 20 more shots off, and you're shooting. Eight percent better than the other team. There's just no possible way to overcome that. Even if, even if uh, Kyle Korver does come in and hit a couple threes, and even if Darren Williams is able to contribute, it doesn't matter when you're getting when you don't get nearly as many shots off. And the other alarming thing to me about uh, Cleveland's performance is that they actually out rebounded the Warriors by seven rebounds and they even had one more offensive rebound than the Warriors and they still lost by 22 points so they are doing well in the paint Um, they need to protect the ball and they need to shoot better but I mean the Warriors are just too good they're not there's nothing there's 
really no weakness. Can you think of like a solid weakness that they have where you're like, up, oh, they don't do this well? I would say that probably grabbing boards. I mean, and, you know, Thompson is is one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA, and, and it shows that, I mean, of his numbers. He's a workhorse down there, but I would just say this. You just you just need to hope that, and, and, it, and it's more likely to happen in the NBA Finals, you're going to have one of those uh, four, four players on Golden State having a bad night. But you need to have Kyrie Irving, LJ, and Kevin Love they need to be on their game. And you've got to have a guy who no one really thinks is going to you know, have a huge game. They need to have a huge game. You need to have J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, um, heck, Channing Frye, Kyle Korver, Iman Shumpert, Darren Williams. Someone has got to step up because Golden State, they only have two guys off the bench and maybe, maybe three guys who really provide energy in JaVale McGee, uh, David West at times, Andre Iguodala, and Sean Livingston. But other than that, they, I mean, Cleveland is a much deeper team. We all know this, but they, but Golden State has more star power, if you will. So, you know, it, it, I, I don't think that they have a lot of, I guess, weaknesses because I, I, would, I would like to know of what you mean by weaknesses. Like, are they terrible at it or just probably the, probably the thing that, that they do least well? Like, is it something I, that you could exploit? I mean, really, it's just you need to capitalize on your, on your uh, second-chance points because, you know, Cleveland can, can grab boards. I mean, James had 15 rebounds, I think. How, how many did uh, did uh, Thompson have, Tristan Thompson? Uh, four. Oof. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Wait, he had four rebounds? Four rebounds. Well, there's your problem. I uh, mean... But Kevin Love uh, had uh, as soon as you got, 21. Wait, wait, Kevin Love had 21 rebounds? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was a quiet 21, then. Yeah, 21 rebounds. I, Five I of them were that. offensive. But... I mean, as long as and, – and, and I, I guess I'd be curious to see how many second-chance points Cleveland had in that game because that is, that is actually one of the things that, that Cleveland can do to really tear down the Warriors because of what you're doing, you're also stopping them from running. If you're getting uh, boards on the offensive end and actually converting on them and getting second-chance points, you're taking Golden State out of what they do best, and that's running the floor. Trevor, what's going to happen tomorrow in Game 2? And uh, since you're gone next week, we'll get your predictions through Game 4. So, um, tomorrow, I actually see it as uh, it's not going to be a 20-point game. I think it could be double digits, but if it is, it's 10 or 12 points. And that's just, you know, one one big spurt by the uh, Golden State Warriors. And it's just a matter of how, how fast can Cleveland shut it down. Because certain teams can let those, you know, spurts where they go on huge runs where you, where you blink twice and, you know, you're, it, it goes from a four-point lead to a 16-point lead. It's something like that. It, it, it just depends on that. I, I definitely think Cleveland's going to come out better sound on defense. And, you know, I, I think Kevin Love's going to have a better game offensively. It's just a matter of who's going to step up. I just don't see them winning in Oakland. I would be shocked. So I, I have Cleveland losing game two, but then I have them going home and barely squeaking out two wins in games three and four, and then we're, we're, we're talking about a, a best-of-three series heading back to Oakland. Hmm. I like it. I hope you're right. I really hope you're right because I don't want to be bored. Sleep, man. I'm tired of this. Yeah, I, the, these playoffs have been terrible, and we've all been just quietly waiting until this series to make it all up. And game one was uh, underwhelming. So yeah. uh, I was actually, uh, you know, and I, I, know, I know you guys have got to go, and i got to board a point here in just a minute, but I, I kind of want to ask you guys, if Golden State wins the NBA Finals in either four or even five games. Don't say Bulls. Hmm. No, no. Uh, uh, no. I'm, Kevin Durant's the greatest player in the NBA. <laughs> no, shut oh. up. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Does, Where are you going with this? Does, does this Warriors, or does this NBA season go down as the most boring or the most dominant mm. NBA season? Ooh, that's a good question. Because uh, boring means like, you know, uh, you, everyone knows Golden State's going to win, or, or man, they are just so good that, that no one can stop them, or is it just they're, they're so loaded it's just ridiculous? I will say definitely the most boring playoffs. I can't speak for the season because there are a lot of seasons I didn't watch before I was born. I saw a couple of them. I'm just kidding. No, okay, I, I, I don't know, but these playoffs have been terrible. So, I, I, okay, I guess I'll say this. As long as you guys have been watching the NBA, 
It's the most boring one I remember. Yes. So I don't think that boring and dominant are mutually exclusive. I think that it's it can be both. And I wouldn't say that the Warriors felt like this dominant team all year, but the last like 27 games, they just really gelled and brought it together. And that's when they became the most dominant. But it's just, it's not fun, I guess. It's fun in the sense that you've got the best players in the league in the finals and you've got the best teams kind of in the finals. I mean, I don't think that the Cavaliers are actually the second best team in the league, but I think that uh, you've got the best team and the best players, and so that's what that's what people want. I mean, you can't really ask for more than that. It's not like people outside of um, just casual NBA fans want to watch the Rockets play the the Heat or something in yeah. the finals. Like this is what people wanted to see, and the fact that it's not super competitive as of yet is just kind of a bummer. Okay, say that say that this series goes seven games, regardless who wins. Does it does it kind of wipe away the really boring first three rounds of the playoffs? Well, maybe because the Celtics and Wizards went seven games, and that series was awful. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, but say I, that, say I, that, I will say, say that. I'm willing to tolerate the playoffs if this goes seven games, just because okay. a game seven in the winner take all thing is uh, is pretty interesting. All right. To add to that, would would it actually be more? Uh, would it would would it wipe it away? If say, so we have you know obviously if if it went six games or uh, seven games, we we'd have six more games left. Let's say three of them go to overtime. I'll take it. Great. It's not going to happen, but that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll take I'm it. I'm just saying. Hey, you guys never know. I mean, all of us all of us counted out Cleveland last year when when they were down three one. Just saying. yeah, but the Durantula wasn't involved last year. And and that is true. That is true. And I think I mean, he just makes such a big changer. difference. All right, Trevor. Hopefully uh, your son Parker sleeps all the way through the flight. Best of luck with that. Fly safely and uh, eat some cheese for us in yeah. Wisconsin. Enjoy the, the dairy farmland. Oh, I definitely will. I'm actually going to see if I can hook up with our, our friend uh, Brian Cam, who lives in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how to Cam for I us. like Cam. I miss Cam. Yeah. Cam, obviously, the, uh, catch up with him. the former pre- and post-game host uh, for Real Salt Lake. Now in, uh, And color. And, oh, and, yeah, color. and color analyst. He did everything. All right, Trevor. And thanks had, for, thanks for joining a, us. He had a great Mickey right, Mouse guys. impression, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. All right, guys. Oh, All right, see ya. That's Trevor Allen. I'm John LaFollette. That's Dan Cutler. Lauren Mason is behind the glass. We're going to take a break. We are way over time. Lauren's been yelling at us for about six minutes yeah. now. It's Trevor's fault, though. Yeah, it is Trevor's My fault. My voice just cracked, too. <laughs> Sports Saturday, ESPN 700. Sports Saturday, ESPN 700. I'm Dan Cutler. We've got John LaFollette, and Lauren Mason is spinning the hits behind the glass. We just spent 25 minutes talking about the uh, NBA Finals, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Because it's boring. It entertained me first, Cavaliers and Warriors, and then we'll talk about you. Yeah. More. But it's going to be a sweep, just so you know. Um, but keep listening to the NBA Finals on ESPN 700. You're home for the NBA Finals in Utah. You can listen to one of the most dominant runs in playoff history. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, do that when you're driving around, getting your samples at RC Willie and Costco and having a good set. Well, I guess it's on Sunday, but listen to us. Well, instead of talking about the Finals because it's a foregone conclusion, let's talk about the state of the NBA and the one-and-done rule and the commission's comments. Yeah, he said the uh, the one-and-done rule, obviously referring to... Um, I just blanked out. The, uh, the college players wanting to go to the NBA have to play at least one season in college or at least post-high school, mm. more accurately, because some guys go to Europe and then go over to the NBA. Um the rule that you have to play one year post-high school before you can declare for the NBA. Adam Silver said it's not working, certainly from the college coaches and athletic directors I hear from. They're not happy with the current system. This is a quote, by the way. Um, and I know our teams aren't happy either, in part because they don't necessarily think that the players are coming into the league 
that the players are coming into the league are getting any kind of training that they would expect to see among top draft picks in the league. My sense is it's not working for anyone. Thank you, Mr. Silver. Finally. So at least now we've identified the problem um, or a problem. I, I think the one and done rule is terrible because there are some guys who should go to the NBA straight out of high school that are good enough. Namely half the players at Kentucky and Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, or Mr. Ball from UCLA. Yeah. I almost said LeVar, but that's not his name. No. Lonzo. Not LaMelo either. It's so sad that his father's become more of a celebrity than he is. Yeah, and I'm sure he's upset by it. The 30 for 30 on that's going to be great. <laughs> 60 and whatever they're called. Um. Yeah, but the there's some players like that that should go to the NBA straight out of high school. And there are a lot of guys who are one and dones that shouldn't be going to the NBA, but they're just chasing the money. Mm-hmm. What is the perfect system? Um, we'll get to that here in a second. We got caller George on the line. George, uh, I think, called during Trevor's interview, so somewhat waiting patiently. George, right. how are you doing? Fine. Uh, I have a soccer question. Okay. You have, uh, next month, you have uh, Manchester United coming here to play RSL in the. Uh, friendly match or whatever. Yes. Anyway, uh, that league that uh, Manchester United plays in, would you consider that like the major league of soccer and um, the MLS is uh, like triple-A uh, or double-A? Mm, that's a really good question. I actually asked Lauren this the other day. I'll I let her repeat her I want to have a conversation about this. But Lauren, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, so Manchester United plays in the Premier League in England. Um, and while their teams are not the best in the world, it is the most competitive league in the world where anything can happen. Um, and the teams are still very good and competitive. They compete with the best in the world. Um, so yeah, I think that's a pretty good analogy, like MLB to, to what is it? Double A? Double A. Triple A. Yeah. I, I think that's a good analogy for what it is right now. The MLS, um, is bringing over a lot of players from like Europe and the Premier League, um, when they're kind of at the end of their career, David V is a great example of this. He he retired from Spain national team, um, and his career career was kind of dwindling. And he's been amazing in the MLS. He's really been a great example of you can carry on your career in the United States. Um, so I hope. Okay, that- so you would compare that the uh, Manchester United would be like the major leagues and. Uh- MLS would be like AAA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right one now. more thing. Oh, one more thing. Uh, this was several years ago. I don't know if it's still true, but Manchester United is the number one uh, sports organization in the world that has sold the most merchandise. Yeah. They, right. Yeah. There is Manchester United, and then. You got the Yankees or the Cowboys, but mm-hmm. Man U is on yeah. top of that list. No yeah, they, it, they're easily the most known brand in yeah. the world. Okay, all right, thank you. Thank thanks, you. Thanks yeah. for the call, George. Um, we'll get to that conversation yeah, I like that. Uh, in the 11 o'clock segment. That um, sounds like a fun... I like that idea. Um, let's get back to this Adam Silver thing, though. Uh, saying that the one-and-dones are not good for anybody... What is the correct answer? Major League Baseball does it where you can either go straight out of high school, you can be drafted in either case, and you can either sign with your team that you're drafted by straight out of high school and then start your minor league career, or if you don't like where you're drafted or don't like the team you're drafted by or whatever, you're just not ready to go. You can get drafted and not sign with the team and then go to a minimum of three years of college. I love that. Does the team still hold your draft rights or no? I don't believe so because they are redrafted after that. Okay. That's interesting. I I think that would work. I don't know if that would work for basketball, though, because there are just too few players. Like, your draft pick is so important. You know, there you only get two, whereas in baseball, how many rounds are there in the draft? I think 20, maybe more. I'm not sure, actually. Big baseball fan here, and I have no idea how many rounds are in the draft. Um, but at the same time, right now, a lot of the draft picks are being used up on potential mm-hmm. and players who are tall that can run fast. Um, 
that can jump high, that can maybe shoot well. And there are a lot of guys who are good players in college in their junior and senior years, maybe their conference player of the year or runners-up to that, that are a lot more developed, more complete. They're never going to be stars, but they can be contributors right away. And their slots are being taken up by guys who are really raw but have that potential. And you're seeing, I think, the quality of basketball diminished a little bit across the board. Yeah, I agree with you. There's something wrong with the draft, and it's difficult. I think the the reason why it's difficult is because in baseball, you can take a player, stash him in the minors for a few years, and you don't you don't have to think about him. You've got a developmental system in place that is like a century old that helps develop players and it's well finely tuned. In the NBA, once you're out of college, you're kind of in trouble when it comes to development because right now there's really no good development system and the G League or the D League, the G League is not the Gatorade League. Yeah, the Gatorade League. It's not good yet. It's not it's not a good developmental system. Very few guys come out of the D League and have successful careers. Whereas in Major League Baseball it's a rite of passage. Every single player has to come up through the the A ranks. Yeah. Uh, and it's just we don't have that. There's no development system. And so if you come out and you're a punk and you can't figure it out or you're Krillo Fazenko and you order Domino's pizza every night and <laughs> play video games until four in the morning. Doesn't and, Gordon Hayward do that? Yeah, but he, he stays in shape and he also practices. <laughs> but like you can just sometimes you can just not figure it out, you know, and it's tough. So man, basketball is such a tricky one for that just because there aren't there aren't as many players. Um, there's a guy who, well, let's look at Dante Exum. He was pretty young when he came out. He probably wasn't ready yet. I'm not going to say he probably wasn't. He was not ready yet for the NBA. He's he almost there. He's almost there. He could have probably used a couple more years developing, but yeah, it's just, it's a broken system. We got to figure out how to draft. Better. It stinks because in Dante Exum's case, that's a terrific example. Drafted fourth overall, yes? Fifth, I believe. One of those two. Either yeah, way. That, very high. That that's not the point. What you're drafting him because he's six six. He is, at least at that point, supposedly a point guard, meaning he can dribble the ball effectively. Passing is another thing. He's not really a passer. He he can handle the ball, which made him somewhat of a point guard. I thought, okay. He's a really nice raw athlete who can do stuff. Mm-hmm. who's not a developed basketball player yet. Let's use one of our most valuable picks in years on this guy and just pray to the basketball gods that he becomes an effective player. And here we are in 2017, yeah. several years into his career, and we saw six effective games out of him this season. And we're wondering, is Dante Exum a bust, or how much longer do we let him develop is the is the real question we've been asking ourselves here on this show. Mm-hmm. How much longer do you give him? And that's not the right question you should be asking three or four years into a guy's career, injury or not. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, he wasn't ready straight out of high school, Australian high school. Yeah. Which was um, essentially AAU. I mean, he, right. he basically played AAU. So, I mean, Dante under our, in our, under my ideal situation still would have been eligible to go to the NBA, but Hmm. I don't know. It, something's wrong. And by the way, Major League Baseball is 40 rounds. Oh, 40 rounds. Wow. So this is my proposed fix to this problem. I believe that a player should be able to come straight out of high school and get drafted and still go to college. But the team that drafted him should Keep his maintain rights. his rights. Um, a stash situation, basically. I, I think that as long as a player has not been compensated to play basketball, they should be able to play in the NBA or play in college um, before they officially play their first NBA game. Interesting. So I think that there should be a way, and I think they could figure it out and smooth out all the details, but I believe that the best way to solve this would be to allow players to continue to play in college after being drafted because that's the only development system that exists currently for the NBA. It's the only good one. 
I wonder if the NCAA would go along with that because their guys are already halfway professionals, not technically being paid yet, but mm-hmm. having the draft rights. And you know that they're going to major in basketball, not in anything else, but half the star players do anyway, so maybe True. they wouldn't care. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's an interesting question. The the NCAA is a whole different can of worms that we can open up in July and talk about when football camp hasn't started yet. But like, I, I think that there's just athletes have to be better prepared because guys' lives are being ruined and teams are floundering because of it. Yeah, I, there are too many guys that you're just waiting on and praying they're going to be good rather than right away role players. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk some baseball next. Trevor's out of town. So we can talk baseball and not feel guilty about it. We don't have story wars because Trevor's out of town. So baseball next. Baseball chat. Surprise teams for for better or worse. And the Padres are hot right now. So hot right now. Sports Saturday, ESPN 700. Sports Saturday, ESPN 700. It's almost the end of our first hour. And it always goes by so fast. Every single Saturday I wake up and think, what are we going to talk about for two hours today? The NBA game one, NBA finals game one was terrible. And that's about all that's going on. But here we are, end of an hour one. We have plenty to talk about still. Um, But right now, some Major League Baseball. Some surprise teams right now. By the way, we'll get out of the way really quickly. Your Padres are on fire right now. Yeah, one, we have we have to talk about it because one of the worst teams in baseball. They are 23, 23 and thirty three. Last ten games though, seven and three. Yeah, last five, they swept the defending champs in a four game series, and they just beat the Colorado Rockies, who are leading their division. So they're playing well right now. They're figuring it out. I think that they have talent, but that's all anyone wants to hear about the Padres. So we'll move <laughs> on to the rest of the league. Um, speaking of the Rockies, lots of parody right now in baseball. Yeah, parody. Well, maybe that's not the right term. There are a lot of unusual teams winning their divisions right now, and it's yeah. really fun. It's um, cool. It is. Okay, the Dodgers got back to first place after last night, but a half game behind them. The Colorado Rockies mm-hmm. at 34 and 23. Cue Trevor Allen screaming. Trevor Story. Delightfully from uh, from Denver. Yep. And the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. Who D-backs. are also 34 and 23. They've been hopping back and forth with the Dodgers in first place. The Giants and Padres, identical records at the mm-hmm. bottom of the division. But those three teams, surprise teams. The Rockies have been terrible for a long time. Yep. The Diamondbacks have been terrible for a long time. Yeah, they haven't been good. That's that's a crazy division. It is. It's uh, wild. Um the NL Central leaders right now are not the Chicago Cubs. They're not the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not the St. Louis Cardinals. They're the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers. That's got to be the most obscure team in that division. <laughs> and they're yeah. leading. Uh the Reds are in fourth place. It, it's fun though cuz Though the entire division is within four games of each other, no team in the division is terrific right now. No, they're not good. Um, the Brewers are three games over five hundred. The Cardinals are five hundred. Everybody else, including the Cubs, are under five hundred. Thanks to the Padres for the Cubs. <laughs> um, in the NL East, I'll combine this with the American League West because they're essentially the same thing. One really, really stinking good team at the top. And a whole bunch of garbage below that. Right now in the yeah. NL East, Nationals at 34-19. and 19. By the way, probably the best offense in Major League Baseball. Um, I've been having a particularly keen eye on them lately. Their lineup is insane. Like, Bryce Harper is the third best hitter on their team right now. Maybe fourth. That's just wild. The Ryan, fact- Their first baseman, Ryan Zimmerman, is hitting, I believe, 360-something right now. And he's behind Anthony Rizzo in the all-star voting at first base, which makes no sense to me. Actually makes a lot of sense because Cubs fans are yeah, they're like the Royals fans a few years ago, just voting, 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 voting as much as they can. Yeah, like BYU fans as well. They do the same thing. <laughs> um, but the Nationals' offense is unbelievable because their bullpen really isn't that good. 
uh, but their offense is good enough. They're scoring over five runs a game right now, and that might be closer to six with the week they've had. Um, but the Mets just getting obliterated with injuries. They're seven games under five hundred. Braves, Marlins, and Phillies. What else is new there? Um, in the AL West, like I said, there's copy and paste that. The Houston Astros are killing it right now. Yeah, they're what man? They're thirty nine and sixteen. Thirty nine and sixteen. The Angels. Like the Mets are just decimated by injuries in second place. The Angels aren't that good anyway. Mike Trout is the only great player on that team, the only player worth going out of your way to watch. R.I.P. Um, and he's out for two months with uh, first time on his on the DL in his entire career. Really? Wow. And he has a sprained ligament in his or excuse me, a torn ligament in his thumb. Out for two months. He already had surgery. Um, the Rangers have been underwhelming, but. I expect them to just have a nice comeback in the second half of the year. 26 and 9 and 29. Um Mariners and A's just not very good. But the not Houston good. Astros and the Washington Nationals in my opinion are the two best teams in baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to make an apology because I remember the last time that we were allowed to talk about baseball on this show, <laughs> I said that the Houston Astros were going to get uh we're going to be the last place team in that division. I was wrong. Yeah, it, it's the opposite. They're thirty nine and sixteen. They're incredible. Their pitching is outstanding. Dallas Keuchel is one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. The beard, the, the beard, the new beard. Yeah, go not James Harden. Same city though. Close. Yeah. What uh, is it about that place? Really hot there too. Why'd you want a beard? Yeah. Anyway, the AL Central. Another crazy team leading the Minnesota Twins. Ooh. Ahead of the Cleveland Indians, ahead of the Detroit Tigers, the White Sox, and the Royals are terrible this year. They, too, have been decimated by injuries, but they're just not very good. The Royals, though, they're only, I mean, they're in last place, but they're six games back. I feel like if you're a Royals fan, you're probably just thinking, you know, we could still be competitive later on. Same thing with the White Sox. Like, just get, get healthy, and then... Win a few games, win a couple series, and then you're right back in the conversation. I like that type of a competitive division and that kind of a competitive race. Yeah, the entire division is within six games. Mm-hmm. Um, the AL West and NL East are out of reach with the Nationals and the Astros. They're both at least 11 games ahead of everybody else. Um, the AL Central is good, though. The, the Twins have a pretty nice offense, very good pitching, a nice bullpen. Um, and the AL East, the Yankees are back on top, and I need to uh, admit a bad take I had a couple of months mm-hmm. ago when we were previewing the season. I called the Boston Red Sox to win 105 games. Ooh! Right now they're 29 and 25. I, I thought that because they have David Price, they have Chris Sale, they have Rick Porcello. Yeah, like they have a loaded pitching staff, a nice defense, a nice offense. They're not sure. I mean, they're they're still three games out of first place, but yeah, not not going so well for my hot take. Yeah, they're competitive, but they're not a one hundred and five win team. And I think I was on board with you as well. I thought that the Red Sox were going to run away with that division, but I just have to, I have to give mad props to the Yankees. I think they've been the funnest story in baseball, even yeah. though Houston is probably the most significant story. My guy. Aaron Judge is just the beast. The beast. He's bigger than Gronk, by the way. He's huge. He's hit 18 home runs, <laughs> and he never hits anything but home runs. He hits home runs and singles. He's hit like four doubles all year. Yeah. But you've got to, if you just watch a Yankees game next time it's on TV, watch this guy bat. Like the energy around him is, is it's awesome. People are yeah. getting into it, and he's a phenom right now. It's a, is this his rookie season? Yes. Okay, yeah, so it's his rookie season. He already has his own section in the bleachers in the stadium. Yeah, they have a... I went to a Yankees game a couple weeks ago. They played the Orioles, and Aaron Judge hit two home runs in the game that I went to. <laughs> and they have a, a little graphic that they play, and it's got the Judge, like a gavel thing going, and it's got... Oh, man, it's cool. Like, there's a lot of energy. The Yankees fans love him. He could be a fun player in the Bronx for a few years to come. So exciting stuff. The Yankees have been drafting well. Mm-hmm. We all I have always liked to bag on them for buying wins. 
they've realized that doesn't work. Nope. The Red Sox have, I, I think, are realizing that doesn't work. The Mariners realized that. The Angels have realized that. Uh, the Dodgers have realized that. You can't just pay a whole bunch of free agents and expect to win titles. It doesn't work that way. The Yankees have gone back to drafting well, to trading well, and they've built a really nice team with their own guys. Like I said, Aaron Judge. Yeah. He's a beast. He's fun. He doesn't hit the ball very softly. No. <laughs> um, which division leader, before we hit a break, is going to fall off here? Okay. You got the Yankees, Twins, Astros, Nationals, Brewers, Dodgers. I I think that the team most likely to fall off is the Minnesota Twins because the Cleveland Indians are really good, and it's only a matter of time until they pick things up. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where that's where I've that's where I'm going. Yeah, I'm gonna place it at the Brewers. I think they're a nice team, but they have the Cubs and the Cardinals lurking behind them. Mm. I think they're gonna get buried pretty quickly in June and July. Oh, I love baseball. But this is fun. I Baseball's love baseball. Good. Yeah, no one should complain about sports not being fun in the summer because there's literally a baseball game every single night. You never you can always watch baseball and MLB.tv is only like a hundred bucks. Yeah, so for the entire season. Yeah, and I mean I say I say that as someone who works in radio, so I can uh even I can afford it. It's yeah. not bad. Um we're gonna take a break. I man, I don't like rooting for Trevor to be gone, but I love when he's gone because yeah. we can talk baseball. We can talk a little baseball. He's gonna be gone next week as well. Yes. So a little baseball to come next week. Um we're gonna take a break. We're going to talk about uh, an interesting point that a caller brought up last hour. We're going to enlist Lauren's help on this as well. Sports Saturday, ESPN 700. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.